Welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People. These uplifting interviews allow everyday people to share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency to help you get through your story. This is your host, Casey Crawford Kellum. I'm a widow who has certainly faced my share of adversity, but I continue to keep on dancing. I'm a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, and former business owner and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. My journey is about helping you to get through your journey. Hello, I am here with Jessica Kellum, who is a 29-year-old single mother, Ohio State University grad, former special ed instructor, and now podcaster who is always striving to better herself and her life. Over the last five years, Jessica has certainly faced her share of adversity after losing her father to prostate cancer. Jessica is sharing with us today her seemingly long journey of grief, abuse, and being a single parent while trying to figure out her next steps in her career. She, like her father, certainly lives with the mantra, this too shall pass. Welcome, Jessica. How are you today? Good, Casey. How are you? I'm good. And and Jessica's uh, Zooming with me. She's in Colorado. And in case you caught our uh, matching last names, Kellum, that is because uh, Jessica's father was my late husband. So uh, we've had a different journey between us over the last five years, but certainly shared a lot of similarity in losing an amazing man who taught us both a lot of lifelong lessons. So Jessica, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me in this podcast and you're podcasting as well. So why don't you start and tell us a little bit about this podcast and then we'll, we'll go back and explore this journey. <laughs> this shit star. Uh, yeah. My podcast uh, has been a fun little distraction, especially during the whole quarantine nonsense. Um, I, our podcast is called the glow up gals. Um, my friend Kara and I decided to start this. We, we made a decision early December, the very next day, one of our friends posted an online course of how to start your own podcast for $99. So we took the course and by the first week of January, we were up and rolling. Um, she does, you know, all the social media and outreach for like getting guests. And I just, I just do the editing. <laughs> um, That's but, a lot of work. That's a yeah. lot of hours. <laughs> so Kara and I are both single moms and she and I interview people basically, you know, on are their glow up stories. So um, as both being single moms, it kind of started with this idea of like, okay, how do we get out of these shitty relationships and how do we attract better things? And then it kind of evolved from there and really just turned into all different kinds of people with all different kinds of stories. Um, you know, very, very similar to this. Um, lots of entrepreneurs, lots of really spiritual people. Um, she's a psychic, so that's actually how I met her. (laughs) Um, and so that's, definitely a lot of what we attract is some of the woo woo shit, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. She's high in the clouds. I I like to think I'm pretty grounded, but we balance each other really well. And, um, astrologically we're like the same exact person. So it's really hysterical. Um, it's been a really fun time. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about the glow up gals. 
That's neat. And I like the name. Um, I love the inspiration that you're, you're basically interviewing people that have had to eat the crap sandwich and sharing their story of enjoying the dessert despite it. And I like that glow up gals. Yeah. And then, so we kind of started like a new mini series within it. I probably, we probably had like five or six different guests, like all tell me to like, go start a journal. And I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to start a journal. I don't want to start a journal. That sounds boring. Um, because by the time I hit my pillow at night, I pass out pretty hard. Um, <laughs> being a single mom, the hours I get to myself are between, you know, 7.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. And then I wake up at five o'clock and do it all over again. So um, journaling has not been high on my priority list. So we decided that we were going to create a journal entry podcast series. So we have one guest a week that we interview and then our second episode a week is um, Kara and I just kind of bantering about whatever issue we're dealing with or whatever lesson we learned that week and uh, just kind of talking through some of the, the realness. That we got a little Brene Brown inspiration over there, be vulnerable and all that kind of stuff. So Love it's it. fun. Keeping it real and putting yourself out there. I'm sure you have a lot of listeners who can certainly relate to your day-to-day stories and your week-to-week struggles. So you're, you're leading by example, I'm sure. That's pretty cool. It's been a good time. Yeah. So, Jessica, January 22nd, 2015 was a pretty awful day for us. And certainly the two years prior to that was no, no celebration, was it? That's mm-hmm. when you lost your father and you were living in Colorado at the time. And, and just take us back there and what kind of happened, because your father and you had a, an amazing relationship. You, what I admired the most about your relationship with your father is that no matter what, you called your dad every single solitary day. You called him <laughs> every day. You would be out skiing in Colorado. You're calling your dad. You're in college weekends, you're still calling your dad. And I really love that about you. You two have a very, very special bond and relationship. So losing him was was huge. It was losing a big piece of yourself. So take us back there and, and tell us how you have worked through that. If you're still working through that and where that journey has taken you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any amount of anticipation for losing anyone can really prepare you for (laughs) the reality of it. Um, God, I, I think, you know, I, I, when my dad got sick, I really went on this, like, well, I'm going to live every day. Like it's my last. And I, um, worked my ass off so I could party my ass off. And I had a really fucking good two years. And, uh, I realized that I was very fortunate for that time. And, um, I also know that, it was what my dad wanted me to do. I remember very clearly um, sitting in the science and technology library in college shortly after we found out he was sick um, and him t- me telling him I'm coming home. And he was like, I would rather fucking die than watch you give up anything in your life to come be with me right now. And I was like, okay, so don't come home. And I, so I kind of like took it upon myself to do everything and anything all at once. Um, my dad and, and you brought me up to Colorado when I was 13, maybe. 
And I remember just falling in love with the place. And I was like, I'm going to live here someday. And then, you know, throughout college, you know, there was these really amazing um, ski trips that, you know, really helped me to develop a lot of my friendships through college. And, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Colorado. And it was a really, really tough decision because I was working at an amazing school district in Ohio and they were like, come on in, like, we got a spot for you. Um, and I was fucking terrified to come to Colorado, honestly. Um, but it felt like it was something that I'd always said I was going to do. So I did it and I did it not knowing anyone. Um, and I, I'll say like those daily phone calls, whether I was in Columbus, Ohio, or whether I was in Colorado, um, really was one of the very few grounding practices I had in like retrospect. I, I kind of am all over the place, do whatever I want, whatever I want. My life didn't have a whole lot of rhythm to it. It was not so much go to work, come home, do it all over again. It was like, go to work, do that, do that. You know, any party filler void, um, I could add that didn't, um, allow me to slow down and face the pain I knew I was going to have to face eventually. That's what I did. Um, absolutely. I get that. I certainly understand that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the, God, the last seven years have sucked. Um, and the first two years I, I really distracted myself from it. And then when my dad actually passed away, the dominoes just started to fall. And then unfortunate circumstance after unfortunate circumstance just kind of seemed to fall into my lap. I, was home in Ohio with you for two weeks and I came back and uh, my roommate told me I'm moving out. And then pot had just became legal in Colorado. So rent had doubled within one year. Um, (laughs) I was like in a job that did not have similar values to me. They were very prescriptive in how they did special education and didn't do what I felt at the time was in the best interest of the kid, kids I was working with. I was teaching summer school, you know, again, to distract myself and, you know, found myself in a difficult situation where a family um, was trying to press charges on me because their child had injured themselves <laughs> uh, when I was working in an autism program. <laughs> I remember that. How horrific, like you didn't yeah. have any stress going on in your life. And then this yeah. piece. Wow. Yeah. And what happened with that? I mean, it was all unfounded. There was no truth to it. I mean, eventually the police showed up to work and wrote the report and I got to go back. Um, but it was just like, you know, it really turned into this, like, why me? What, what did I do to deserve this? And like, there were so many t- like days where like I was just like, where are the cameras? Where's this punked episode coming from? Like none of this shit in my life can be real. Um, and like, I, I'm not a big outward complainer, but for the first time in my entire life, my mindset had gone from this place of optimism to this place of like, well, what, what, what else? what else is going to happen? And that did not serve me, obviously, (laughs) as I now know, um, you know, we thought there would be some kind of monetary comfort in my dad's passing that did not happen. That was a long drawn out journey. And in retrospect, um, (laughs) I mean, I was drinking too much. I got a DUI, um, 
I was doing anything I could not to face the crippling anxiety. Um, it was, it was a really hard thought to process to like live in a world where my dad wasn't there. Cause he was always the rock for everyone. Um, for every problem, it didn't matter because my dad told me it was okay. And if he said it was okay, then I believed him. Um, and yep. for some reason that it didn't bear a whole lot of weight when other people told me it was going to be okay. I wanted to hear it from him. And obviously <laughs> that never happened. Not in the outward, he can talk to me on the phone kind of way, but, um, you know, life continued. I worked a couple, you know, more jobs that, you know, eventually got better. I think the, the serial job hunting served me well. I, I ended up in a really amazing position these last three years that really, um, I had some amazing leadership in the school that I was working in and it helped me to grow as a person and as a human. And, um, yeah, I found myself. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's back up. So I lose my dad. I lose my house. I thought I had money to buy another house, but I didn't. So I moved into a studio apartment, which was amazing, by the way. Like, I'm not like, I wasn't like fucking homeless or anything. <laughs> but at the time, it, you know what I mean? It wasn't, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So um, I was in this relationship. It was stable enough. Um, it was pretty boring. Um, you know, I, I had this DUI situation. I had this unfortunate work situation. I had all these things, right? And then I kind of coasted for a while. I, I got the DUI and I, I stopped drinking. And you actually sent me that um, note that my dad, you found in my dad's office the day I got the DUI. It was like two months after my dad passed away. And let me mind you, you Casey, <laughs> one lesson she always preached was never drink and drive, always call blah, blah. I, And I was the designated driver this night. So I hadn't really been drinking. I had like one like 12 ounce can of beer at a bar because it was like a concert. And I was like, it was the beginning of this concert. And then I had this drunk bitch like stumble over me and pour her drink on me. And I was like, you know what? Tomorrow's a powder day. I'm up in the mountains. And I'm like, and there's no Ubers there. And I was like, you know, I was like, you guys, I can't be here. Like I was just so frustrated with the whole situation. And like, honestly, anytime I was in a loud crowd after my dad passing away, like, I, I couldn't do it. Like there's just this social anxiety that I, I have no idea where it came from. I've never dealt with it my whole life. Um, but I could not be in crowds. Like I, he wasn't there. I mean, we were so used to him being the leader of all of our social activities for so many years. I mean, he was, he was the coach. He was the, mm -hmm. the, the fun one that we had wherever we went, he always had the fun ideas and yeah, it's really hard to have fun after you lose that person that led the fun games. Yeah. And that anxiety. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and at this point, you know, I, w I was really lucky that this happened. Honestly, it wasn't like I was bombed and driving home and like hit a child. Like I had had like one large beer and was in high altitude and I got stopped pulling out of the parking lot of this event. Oh so it wasn't like, you know what I mean? There was no chance for anything bad to happen. Like I blew like, a, you know, 
next to nothing. And Colorado, for anyone who might be listening in Colorado, has a zero tolerance policy for any alcohol in your system. Oh, it doesn't matter if you are under the legal limit. You could still get a DUI in Colorado under the legal limit. Wow. That's Which a law. Wow. No, no one tells you that when you get your uh, license in Colorado. <laughs> um, Ooh, so, yeah. 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 Wow. So, you know, it kind of like forced me into therapy, which I had never done in my whole life. Um, and here I was on my high horse, like thinking like, all oh, these people are fucked up, blah, 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 right? Still in this place of judgment and this place of self-pity, like, oh, why do I have to be here? Um, and life chilled out for a while. I calmed up, calmed down, <laughs> still continued to work an obnoxious amount and distract myself. But, you know, eventually that relationship I was in failed. Um, and I found myself in Asia one summer. Um, found I, yourself in Asia. <laughs> I've never <laughs> just found myself in Asia. <laughs> well, it was well, funny because I feel like my dad, my, my dad would have fucking smacked me in the face if I told him I was thinking about moving to Asia. But at this point I was like, well, what the fuck? I don't like teaching. I don't have any money. Um, I can go to Asia and I can make a shit ton of money teaching English. So why would I not go do that? Right. Wow. And um, I was in Chicago getting the certification to do that. And my name that I'd put on this waiting list for an affordable house two years earlier um, came up and they were like, you're up this, you're this affordable house. This person's financing fell through. Do you want it? And I was, I took that as a sign. And this is like one of the first, like, aha moments like, okay, dad's watching out for me. Um, you know, I was a month later, I was supposed to go live in Korea <laughs> and then they're oh. like, you, but you, this house in Denver. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go teach in Denver again. Oh, divine um, and thank you. it was, <laughs> yeah, it was divine intervention and it's the home I'm sitting in now and it's tiny and it's cozy, but it's brand new and it's perfect and it's affordable and it's in a really nice neighborhood. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, so Long story short, my friends ended up going to Asia and I ended up staying in Colorado. Um, and the following summer, I went out to go visit them. And I remember being there um, in like one of the only moments of stillness I've like ever had in my entire life because I've just, like I said, I've distracted myself with everything I possibly could and didn't want to actually face. Sure. <laughs> you know? um, yep. I was alone in Asia walking around. And I was just like, God, I, I want a family. And I like declared that to myself, right? Like nothing, never, it's never been high on my list of priorities to like get married and have children. Like I wasn't at this point, I guess I wasn't really sure what direction I was going with my life. I had started grad school for school psychology. I fucking hated it. Um, you know, and I didn't really know what was next. And then I was like, God, I want a family. So I come back from Asia, uh, not even a month later, I meet my son's dad and it was like googly eye, head over heels, like too perfect, right? Too good to be true. And two months later I got pregnant. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That's just amazing that here you are at this first moment of stillness in your life, walking in Asia, declaring to yourself that you want a family. And then a couple months later, bam, you're pregnant. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. That's some divine intervention again. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, well, my son's dad and I didn't work out. Um, I, I have the most perfect son in the entire world. So, um, we met, we got pregnant. He moved in with me. Um, and about a month into that, he began showing what I could only describe as crippling anxiety and depression. Like he wouldn't get out of bed. He wouldn't do anything. Like he was just couldn't, couldn't go to work and come home and like live like a functional life. And this is like before the kid. And of course, like in my place of fear, I'm like, well, you better figure it the fuck out. Let's go like, or get out of my house, you know? And, um, you know, this is somebody who's in my opinion, um, faced a lot of trauma in their life that they never dealt with. Um, and so he decided, okay, I want to make this work. I'm going to go see these doctors. And what do doctors do when you say you're having mental health issues? They give you drugs. Medicare. Um, then you go to other doctors because you don't want to take the drugs. And then what do they do? They give you more drugs. And what do those drugs do when they're together? They interact. Um, long story short, it ended in a pretty heinous assault when I was seven months pregnant. Um, and yeah, I mean, me and my place of fear and aloneness, I was like, well, maybe it was just the drugs. Maybe it was just these pharmaceutical drugs. Maybe it wasn't his fault. And, uh, let's give him another chance. Right. So he moves back in and, you know, he goes to work. Literally. I, I gave birth on July 12th. 2018 and he went back to work on July 13th. Um, and there was just this like intense distance and all these things coming up for me that, you know, I clearly hadn't dealt with in the last five years and being sober for the first time in my life (laughs) was having to face. Um, so at that point, the city of Denver gives free therapy when you are the victim of domestic violence. So I was like, well, why, why not? You know? Absolutely. Um, and then I started to realize, well, I don't have boundaries. <laughs> um, and so I began asserting my boundaries and that, you know, didn't work out so well. And, um, six months later in the not nicest way, um, he ended up moving out and it took about four months of me parenting entirely on my own with no financial help to figure out um, a parenting plan and to come to a place where, you know, we could coexist on the same planet. Uh, (laughs) But during, during that four months, I don't know if it was like the exhaustion or the, you know, that like mother instinct or whatever. I just, I, I Googled, positive affirmations or something. Right. And so what do I get? I get this positive head podcast. And then at the time, Asher, my son was in a daycare that was about 30 minutes away. So I would drive into daycare and then drive back to work. So, um, I was listening to this podcast religiously in the morning and the afternoon. And this is like, when I like to say, like, I kind of woke up, I was like, Oh, um, why am I attracting all this shit into my life? I don't like any of this shit. I grew up very privileged and I really liked my privileged life and I'm willing to acknowledge I'm privileged, but I would like my privilege back, please. <laughs> um, so 
Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, I, I like that. I've really just found a lot of that and, you know, kind of began exploring like the Brene Browns and the, you know, all the different people who really kind of lead that whole spiritual woo woo positive thing. And I've honestly can say it's changed my life. Like, um, my son's dad and I now actually get along, get along really well. Um, and I will say that 10 hours a week of court appointed, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, domestic violence classes, parenting classes, um, has changed him drastically, not to the point where I am interested in, you know, reconnecting, but, um, you know, it's, it's changed my job. I've found this amazing position, um, as an assistive technology specialist in in another district. And I've had like lots of like little mini business things that are kind of starting to develop. And, you know, I think along the way I've had all these really beautiful, amazing signs that have just helped to remind me that my dad's there with me all the time. And he's fucking with me all the time, just like he would in real life. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I get all of that from him. <laughs> so, you know. yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like getting out of our own way, right? Like, yep. It, it was just this place of like fear. I was for five years, like completely afraid to do anything. And that fear really held me back a lot. Um, and I, I finally feel like within the last, you know, year, I've found that optimism that my dad embodied and lived and, you know, never really articulated with the terminology that like we use today, but he just exuded it. He just like brought it wherever he went and people felt it. And, um, you know, I think there's always growth in these hard times and there's always things that we learn from them. And like, I never stopped believing. I just didn't, I stopped believing in myself. Like I believe more in the world than I did in myself. And at the end of the day, like we are all one and we are one with the world. And like, I finally realized that. (laughs) Um, And you know, the fact that I'm here and I have the most perfect child and the most perfect home. And, you know, I think things always work out. It's, it's, it's been quite a journey. Um, and you know, I've burned a lot of bridges and I've done a lot of things that like, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm proud of, but I think that, um, I'm learning to have a little bit of compassion for myself and that like fear that I was facing and not willing to acknowledge fear has a lot less power when you acknowledge it it certainly does you have certainly certainly grown up over the last five years I, I can see that and hear that in you and and I appreciate you sharing this journey because you know you we had a great life we had a great life with Craig I mean it was nonstop party we traveled a lot um you know, we always had parties in our backyard. We were the mecca of socializing. And then here you are, this young little, I mean, you were 22 years old when your father came ill and 24 years old. You're still a kid when you were kind of left in the world without your rock. And not just left in the world without your rock, but 
you weren't even in the same state. So you didn't even have some of your connections. I mean, you were really, I can imagine, pretty alone in Colorado. As much as you're so social and you've met so many people and, you know, you've made your new kind of uh, social families out there, it, it couldn't have been the same. You know, just not being in the home where you were raised or being around a lot of the people who were a big part of your dad's life. I mean, you, that was just, he was taken away from you and there you were all alone on the mountains. You know, and, I, and to come out of that and go through just the financial disaster that we were left with and the abuse then that you endured with uh, Asher's father and then trying to figure out your finances, trying to figure out what you want to do because you're always somebody that's moving and grooving and you're never going to be that person that stays in a job for 30 years and then retires like, Oh, Miss Kellum was here when my, you know, my grandfather was here. You know, it's not you, you're, mm -hmm. you're a go-getter. And um, you came out of so many different pieces of adversity. I mean, you, you hit on a lot of big ones all in just five years and for you to have the maturity to face those emotions like facing fear people don't even know what that looks like or how to do that and here you are a young girl that's like oh yeah i'm going to face my fear now and i'm going to find this moment of stillness while i'm in asia <laughs> I mean, you know like you just you did a lot of cool pieces in this journey to help you become you again and and, and the the better version of you you know, the 2.2 yeah. the version of you. And I love that you did that. And I'm proud of you, Jessica. I'm really proud of you as a single mom and you as somebody that's always looking professionally to do something better. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody wants to be a single mom, right? Like it's not the, it's not the ideal outcome, but all in all, like I'm really grateful for my circumstances and I'm really grateful um, for the journey because every single shit sandwich I've been handed has really taught me a lot. And I really, I just hope to pay it forward. Um, you know, like through telling other people the stories of what I've gone through and, you know, hoping that maybe the right person will listen at the right time so they won't make the same stupid fucking mistakes that I do. But, um, you know, it's all, it's all part of the journey and we just got to believe. Um, and I, yeah, I think, the thing that brings me a lot of comfort is just like, well, one, you know, I've told you before, but I'll tell your audience, like, I swear to God, my son like channels my dad. Like there's times where he'll like, we were driving. I think I told you this. We were driving home from his dad's house, like late on a Sunday or something. And it was like past his bedtime. So he's like talking, like all drunk, like toddler, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, you know, maybe like one in a hundred words is intelligible. Right. Um, but he stops clear as day. I look at him. And he goes, I'm so proud of you. And like this like grown up adult voice. I'm like, what the fuck? Like who said that? <laughs> and he'll, he'll just say these things and do these things and make these faces where like, I'm just like, okay, like what am I That's supposed it. to learn right now? Okay. I need to be more patient. Like I need to slow down. I need to put down the phone and play more. And I, I think I've gotten a lot of really amazing lessons from it. And it, he's definitely made me the best version of myself. And um, motherhood was not something I originally thought I'd signed up for in this whole life's journey, but 
you know, it, tr- it turns out to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, um, I'll bet you're great at it. You know, you, you had a special knack for working with the kids with special needs. I can imagine you are very warm and caring and fun and loving with little Asher. I, I, it's a gift. And I'm sure he's a, got so many of Craig's traits and a whole lot of Craig's going to continue to come out of him. I mean, he yeah. grabbed Craig's little Bible book that Dr. Mark had given Craig. Oh, yeah. Pulled that out of a drawer. I did film that, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, of all the things for him to grab around the house, why did he grab that? Like, there's, he's just, he's messing with you. He's sending little messages. To, Craig is talking to you through Asher. Yeah. You know, sending lots of mess- messages, like you said. Now, okay, be patient. Okay. Listen. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Well, I'm proud of you, Jessica. And, you know, I know the journey's not even close to being over. And we're always learning and growing. And we're always being faced with different challenges in our lives. But you seem to make opportunities out of those obstacles. And, you know, I know you keep on living. You said you're going to go to Florida, you know, this summer and go visit your, your family there. And you just keep on dancing. And I love that about you. And, and you're, I'm sure you're really teaching Asher some very valuable lessons about being independent, standing up for yourself, not settling, you know, even in jobs or relationships, like doing what's best for you. You don't just stay because it's comfortable. um, And, you know, you do what's best for you. And if you're not satisfied, you only get one life and you've always been that go getter. Uh, And I'm, I'm just proud that you're continuing to grow and continuing to learn. Thanks. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm hoping things, I don't have to learn anything for a little while. I'd like it to be easy for a few minutes, but. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> we take the summer off. Can this be a quarter class? And I can <laughs> quarters off, please. I'm, I'm gifted and talented now. I've learned a lot. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing your story. And uh, again, um, your podcast is called Glow Gals. Glow Up Gals. Oh, Glow Up Gals. Sorry, Glow Up Gals. So I'll put a link on the show notes for you all to reach out and listen to Glow Up Gals. More inspiration, more stories to be shared. That's what life is about. It's, you know, sharing our journey so that you can get through your journey. You know, everybody has a story. Uh, Like Jessica, her story was filled with all sorts of adverse uh, factors. But, you know... At the end of each chapter, there's something that good that comes out of it. And it's going to be a really good novel. When all is said and done, like your father, it's going to be a damn good book. I can't make this shit up. Isn't that what the series is going to be called? Right, right. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. Oh, my gosh. Volumes and volumes and volumes of, of chapters. So many volumes. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, of course, wish you well and am grateful for you sharing your story and look forward to watching Asher and you continue to grow. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica Kellum. Thanks. Today we learned from Jessica Kellum that you should live every day like it is your last. A why me or what next attitude does not serve us. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why am I attracting all this crap in my life? The biggest thing is to get out of your own way. Fear can really hold you back 
but fear has less power when you acknowledge it. It is all part of the journey. You just have to believe. You can find Jessica Kellum on the podcast Glow Up Gals. Today's gratitude is, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest's story helps you get through your story. Don't stop believing and keep on dancing.